Listener Production. G'day, it's Rusty here, all set for part two of my podcast with Jason and Ben Barguana. If you've gone straight to second gear and not selected first, our part one, you are missing some good, fun chat. There's more to the Barguana's family racing history than you may realise. Some of the early hard grafting that Jason did, juggling credit cards and all sorts to find a way in motorsport when the odds may have seemed stacked against him. The impact his career had on his son, Ben, and how that almost endless well of positive energy that came through in Jason's interviews and when we had the chance to commentate together is a bit of a lesson, not just for Ben, but for many young racers. Keep putting good stuff out there. Keep boxing, as they say, when you're on the canvas. Get up and have another crack. Now, we're releasing this in the lead-up to the TCR World Tour events in November 2023, under lights at Sydney Motorsport Park, and then we're off to Bathurst the following weekend. We would love to see you there. You can get your tickets at motorsporttickets.com.au or see it live on Stan and Channel 9. Just check your guides, as they say. We begin part two of the pod by zeroing in on the turn of the century, at a time when Jason would enter the record books with a very special race win, one that would change his life, a feat that Ben would like to achieve in the years ahead. Can we talk 2000 Bathurst? For, for me, only a couple of times in my life have I been able to do the main call of the race, and that is, that is the first one that I, that I did. It's a very special memory for me of you and Garth winning that day and, and so on. When you look back over 20 years ago now for both of us, what are the memories of, of that day at the mountain? You know, special to put your name on the Bathurst 1000 winner's list. You did it with Gary Rogers, ultra competitive field at a time when supercars was going through, a, you know, the, the beginnings of its golden era, if, if you will. Very, very special, mate. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. And like most of the probably people listening to this, that um, history of Bathurst, Growing up, watching it, being part of it, getting to my very first Bathurst as a kid, mm. uh, nineteen eighty-five, standing there watching the Jags pull up on the front row. I was in the back of the pits. I was sitting on a stack of tyres. Um, we sort of, I got kicked out of the pits twice trying to see the start. <laughs> I was this kid just sneaking through the back there, watching that race, being part of it. Um, obviously, I watched it as a kid, and that that really was one of the driving factors in my entire career. Mm. The, the fact that. Uh, oh, that's all I wanted to do was win Bathurst. Like you mm. know, that's that that's what legends do, and mm. that's what I want to do, and that's what all the you know what it was all about. So um, to actually get there in '92 with Scott, and we won on the podium. That was a great taste. Mm. Third in um, with Jimmy in '98. I, I reckon Garth and I were on for that win in '99. Like the car was just awesome that day, and unfortunately got tied up with an accident at. Um, I think Thomas Mazira and there was someone else in it at mm-hmm. Forest Elbow in 99. So, and the car was, and, and looking at the way that race, I mean, everyone's got the story, but I think we we're on for a good day there. And then 2000, it was it was kind of unique in the sense that, and this is the success that most teams, be, be it in supercars or whatever form of motorsport, when you've got a whole group of people pulling in the same direction with the same desire, the same will and want to achieve, mm. not just the drivers, the team owner, the mechanics, the crew, the engineers, everyone had the same feeling and passion. Um, 
and just it was like nothing was going to stop us that day. It was just you could have put brick walls in front of us, we would have found a way around it, and that's actually what it was. It was that that wet, crazy day. Mm. Um, I think we're one of the only cars that stayed on the black stuff all day, uh, and and at the end, yeah, we bounced out and ended up winning the race. So it was it was pretty amazing. What did it mean within the the walls of Gary Rogers Motorsport? I mean, we're, we're here at the track. The transporter is just in front of us here at the moment. That's a big big thing for those boys then wasn't it look 100 percent, and it's not just you know when you saw the relief on gary's face too so mm. you watch gary from back in the late 70s early 80s racing at that race trying to win that race mm. being competitive as a touring car driver um right through into the group a era when he was driving and then obviously as a team owner to then finally get that traffic that that trophy that mm. bathus win the relief on his face, the release, the relief on his shoulders. I think it was um, was quite high, and it still resonates today through the team. This, mm. The 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 Bathurst winning car still sits in the loft um, up there, uh, yeah. up there mm. at GRM. It, mm. it, it it hangs over the top of everyone, everything that we do down there, and um, it certainly still has a presence. Twenty, nearly twenty three years later, here we are. It was, it was yeah, the car's still sitting there in pretty much the condition it Finish finished the, the race. race on, and. Yeah. Um, it's, it's it's a pretty special thing, and, and anyone that's won that race will tell you that the, the, the it carries for a long time. Mm. Old mate GT burned his butt that day. I think didn't he? Didn't was didn't something happen? But you <laughs> but you got away scot free. There was nothing. Well, there was nothing wrong with me because <laughs> I, I had to sit on the insert in the seat. So for it to work for him and I to share the seat, he we had to pull all the cushions out for him. Yeah. So, and then I had a big seat insert. So because there was no cushions in the bottom, he sat right in the bottom of the seat, and the muffles right there. He ended up with big blisters on his butt. But anyway. <laughs> Stop sucking, mate. You just won Bathurst. <laughs> Bathurst. You know, like you exactly. get over it. <laughs> the sport at that at that point, um, very memorable for all sorts of reasons. The the competitiveness, the the emergence and arrival of some some young stars like yourself. Um, the thing for me too was rivalries and character, right? So the Ben, the Jason Barguana rather that I sit in front of now is the same guy I, I remember from that day, and it's the same person on camera or on mic as off so that that stuff that we saw when you were you know at, at winton when you were winning and and things like that how good's this and so on that was just or you know we use the word authentic a lot lately but it was authentically you wasn't yeah, it that's what you get mm. you, you get me that's all i am mm. <laughs> there's no pretend me there's just me so that's what i've been right throughout my career and part of it i think is just the passion mm. um and the love for what i do and i and i love racing and i love racing and hyundai excel around winton with my son or or racing at the top level of touring car racing and 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 the biggest race in the country so mm. for me i've always been driven by the competition and wanting to beat and and race the best in the world and and the best of the best and that's mm. what supercars was there was a golden era there in supercars that was full of hungry young talented drivers and we all had i think there was a period there too the personalities we all had an understanding of the value of what we did mm. um we all a lot of us come through a hard road i mean the you know russell ingall's story and mm. Um, similar in terms of the sense that you, you're scraping together deals to get to where you got to. Mm. So we all understood the value of what we're doing. Everyone fought to the death, which was fantastic. Um, and that created those personalities. And the and that's when, I suppose, supercars changed a little bit or the motor racing changed a little bit from... Uh, not, it was still the Ford Holden rivalry, very mm -hmm. very much so, but there was also the emergence of some Following personalities as yeah. well. Yeah. Not, just, not just your brand, but your driver as well. Rusty really needs to get Barg's old teammate, Garth Tander, back on the podcast for a part two as well.
When he spoke to GT back in 2018, they chatted first cars and when Garth had asked to bit much of his daily before trading it in. It had got the death knock up massively on the way in, so I stopped at the servo, poured some thickest oil in it that I could find and idled into the dealership, grabbed my car, the new car drove out and that was it. That was, I think, the uh, Commodore went to the great K out in the sky after that. I seem to recall Rusty frying the engine in his Gemini during his teenage years. Kept that quiet, didn't you, Gregory? Now, back to the Bargwaners battling over the mic. Does time heal wounds in, in a rivalry sense? I think, you know, Murph and Marcus, for example, it's a bit easier when they've caught up with each other at a, at a race meeting or in a broadcast or, or whatever it might be. When did it kind of simmer between you and you and Murph? Or did, yeah, we, it, did it simmer? <laughs> did it simmer? <laughs> I mean, we're, we're actually good, pretty good mates. And then we ended up spending a bit of time together during the HRT period and early mm. in in um, those first few years we were racing. Then we had a bit of an altercation at, at Phillip Island. Um, I ended up doing a three and a half pike with a twist down the front straight. Major, major. <laughs> huge accident. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I remember, so the ambulance blokes grabbed me and they've chucked me in the back of the ambulance and they're heading back up the track and they're talking about taking me to the medical centre. And as it pulled up at the gate, I'm like, nah, I've had no more, right? I've had nah. enough of this. So I kicked the ambulance open the back of the door. They go, what, what are you doing, mate? And I'm like, they just follow me. So I'm walking up pit lane, jumping the fence. I've got ambulance blokes chasing me, and I'm trying to find Murph. And I'm like, mate, you are going to – I'm telling you how this works, right? Um, and when I got there, he had all these mechanics around with helmets on, and I didn't get very far. But anyway, um, I can be a bit fiery when I, when I want to be. want to be, yeah. Um, and, yeah, I don't reckon we spoke for probably six years after that. Wow. And then in 2009, we became teammates. And it was like, oh, well, move on. Move on, yeah. <laughs> And so Paul, we ended up spending a year together working together. So. And, and Paul Mullen, TV producer, kind of reminded me too. Were you not more or less um, both racing the jet sprints at the same time? We, we yeah. were. So it was a bit earlier than that. That was around 97, 98, around that yeah. period that him and I were racing. We, we travel in America and so forth, racing together in jet sprint boats. So what, was, what was that like? Well, oh, Mullen loves it. He raves yeah, about he, it. So, yeah, 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 I mean, my, I think the, th- the engine I had was something like 2,000 horsepower in this little 15-foot boat that, that had Far out. there's no wheel spin right so yeah. when you put your foot down with that sort of power it pumps water out the back and it goes it's the fastest thing you've ever experienced and it's quite, the tracks are quite shallow too aren't shallow, they shallow tight yeah. twisty you get there was one track in um i think it was in perth where you'd go around this island and you'd come back around the same channel that you just drove through so you go down do a hard right a hard right and back down the same channel again but the channel would be half as wide because the water was still being from the, the lap before, the, before, you'd pumped all the water out of it, so you got back to it the second time, and you're like, you're here doing 160 k's an hour, and now you've got half the track to, to navigate. Um, very, And when you get to a corner, being a jet sprint boat, of course, if you, anyone's driven a jet ski or whatever, they'll understand they don't turn unless you're on the throttle. So you'd arrive at a corner at 160 k's an hour and keep your foot buried into the throttle, which which is reverse of what we do in a race car. We get in a race car, we brake, we turn, we accelerate through the corner. This thing, you fire up to the corner, you back off a little bit, and then you just flatten it to turn it. It's like, get your head around that's a bit of a challenge, but they How were good. Ex- a, a great experience. How'd that come about? And uh, clearly you enjoyed it based on the recollection you've just given us. So Great experience. I mean, it was actually Paul Mullen, the, the mm. old TV producer, Black Magic mm-hmm. Media. He'd been around for a long time, was involved in that, and rang and said, hey, come and have a go of this thing. Mm. Um, I had one go in Perth, and it was just amazing, and then it led to doing the World Championship the year after. So Amazing. Yeah, it was good. He, he's done some um, cool things, uh, retracing Sir Edmund Hillary's uh, not not steps, not not the the climbing per se, but some of the jet boating that that Sir Ed did in the in the Himalaya. That's another story, and people can can find those videos. Is there a desire to do 
supercars at some stage to do a Bathurst 1000 and and in the realm of you know mapping things out clearly TCR and trying to take on the world is the focus right now but at some point is there you know is that on the radar and maybe sooner than we we think I thought you were going to say is there a desire to do jet boats and I'll be like no way (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah absolutely I mean of course I want to do 1000 I mean any young kid in Australia wants Mm. to race supercars but I think Obviously, watching Dad win it, um, and even going to the event, you're like, oh, I want to, I want to be in that. I want to mm. win that. Um, but yeah, look, I think at the moment, like, at the moment, I have a real love for TCR, mm-hmm. um, and I, I love the, the the plan that we're going along and things like that. Um, but yeah, I think I think 1000 is always going to mm. light a bit of a fire inside me. Um, but at the same time, I, I really. I, I love just as much this TCR thing. So, mm. yeah, it, yeah. W- w- however it goes, it goes. But this yeah. is the this is the immediate focus. What we're doing here this weekend, which is which is good. The Australian series too, mm. y- you know, has um, unearthed a few people in the likes mm. of Aaron Cameron. We've seen the emergence of Jordan Cox, who was very mm. good in in front wheel drive machinery. It's brought a few different people to the table, hasn't it? Absolutely. I, I mean, we've seen Dad, Michael Caruso, so, yeah. Moffat. You know, it, it's really cool. Chaz Mostert, mm. who was the champion. Um, Brownie, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Will Brown. It, it's awesome. I think it's an awesome category. Um, I think it, once it really finds its legs in Australia, it's mm. going to be... I think the World Tour is going to do a lot for it here in Australia. Mm. Um, but when you see the level of it overseas and, and on a world scale, mm. this TCR format has the right ingredients to be something pretty awesome. Mm. So, yeah, hopefully in Australia it takes off and, and turns into something really cool. And it's very it's very competitive at the front. Look, it is, there's some very good talent in TCR. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, the numbers aren't great in, in 2023. We're going to have 25-plus cars at the two World Tour events, and that's going to be very exciting. In mm-hmm. fact, I think I heard that we're looking at nearly 30 cars for the World Tour events in terms of what's coming out of sheds and people are turning up. Unreal. So if we can generate that interest, and I look at some of the talent. I mean, obviously, Aaron, you mentioned Jordan Cox. Mm-hmm. Young Zach Suter did a great job in former Ford. Mikey Clementi. Mm-hmm. And then you've got some of the older guys. TD's still in there. Mm-hmm. Um, he's proven to be a champion. Will Brown. When you're racing these guys, you look at the quality of the talent. Mm. It's a bit of a messy marketplace, and that's probably in terms of where the Australian young guys fit in the Australian marketplace at the moment and where how they get through the chat, the, the, the categories and um, and that sort of thing, which is probably a completely another podcast that we could do at some stage. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think that when we look at the, the level of competition, the talent that's in TCR, it's very strong at the moment, and it's it's only going to get better. Tell me about the deal that you've put together here for the the back end of the year. Not just in terms of the of the sponsors and partners. I mean, you've you've been with um, Burson for some time. They're coming along for the journey. You've brought someone new to the table as well, which is which is great. And in working um, with the French, uh, as you've as you've done and in, and embracing them, I and mean, that's that's a big um, a big tick, a big asset in this in this plan as well, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, this is probably more my part in terms of how we put some of this together. We've got a very good relationship with Burston Auto Parts, and mm-hmm. they've been a fantastic partner over the last couple of years with us. Um, started out obviously with me driving, and then we've worked to Ben. And due to, due to COVID, we managed to find a way to stretch out the two cars, and we made the most of the opportunity we could and work with them. Um, and then that led to this year them being on the journey with us to to go and do some world tour stuff. Mm-hmm. So. We put that together with a bit of the TV package, and we've ended up doing our own blogs and things, so TV stuff. So it's a better than a blog. It was a doco. It was, it was, it was yeah, the, yeah. the two-part doco series. Mm. Um, so that meant that we could actually 
sell it back to Australia. It wasn't just about racing in Portugal or Spa. There was a, a definite connection here, and, and our fans here could follow it, and, and certainly the sponsors could get their value out of it. Hmm. And it gave us the opportunity to go over there and do that. We met with Teddy and the obvious... Um, Teddy Claray. Yep, Teddy yep. Claray yep. and, and the entire family. We met them at Bathurst last year. Um, we then decided, look, they've got some experience, we understand them, we know them, and quite quickly we fit together in terms of the way our philosophy, their philosophy. We went to Portugal and, and Spa, and we knew we were in the Peugeot, which is at the world level is, is an older model car. Mm-hmm. Like It's certainly not the latest Hyundai or it's the latest uh, Lincoln Co. Or, um, but we, and the newest Honda. But we, we knew that what we're trying to achieve is to get a foot in, mm-hmm. understand how that works over there, get a, a bit of an understanding of the way the Europe works, give Ben some experience, get a good result. Um, and then when they turn up here, we're on the front foot a little bit with those guys. And I know... <laughs> I know they're going to get a shock when they start doing laps at Bathurst and go, wee, what's this all about? <laughs> um, and bearing in mind, we knew that too. But that, Ben had the same problem. We went to Spa and he'd never been there before and, mm. and, and only got um, two 20-minute practice sessions before qualifying. So every session, Ben was getting quicker and quicker and quicker. And that's why the result at Portugal was fantastic. The result at Spa was great. But working with the Clarets, we sat there at Spa. We, we had um, some communication around a new opportunity with Hangchar in sponsorship and we sort of sat there at Spa and said what if and we started piecing this together over the course of the weekend at Spa and said right how about you two come and drive the Hangchar car at Sydney, uh, and Bathurst. Sydney and Bathurst during the world tour and then the same car Ben raced in um, Portugal and Spa is it's well as we speak it's currently been loaded into a container and being shipped to Macau so Ben's going to also now go and do Macau hmm. um, again Never been there. You don't get much track time. We know that we're probably not going to go there and get on the podium, mm. but it's about gaining that experience. So if we can put together the next phase of this program, which is doing more of the world tour, mm-hmm. having that experience, being to Spa, being to Portugal, being to those circuits, racing with a team overseas, understanding how they work, is how we can be more competitive in that environment. So, How's your French? Very bad. <laughs> what about you? Uh, I, I learned one word. Give me, give me a word. Come on. Shepa. What does that mean? Dunno. <laughs> <laughs> and, and even even sitting in the debrief, we'd, we'd sort of start talking, and I got involved a little bit because trying to translate. Yep. We had them on the radio to Ben, but in the end I had to take over because no one could understand anyone. So I was on the radio. Um, I could communicate with Teddy. Mm. Jean-Marie, very experienced. Uh, Jimmy and Teddy's father. father yep. He sort who's, of runs who's coming, the show. He's, who's coming too, so, is that right? Yeah. So the way we put this together, and, mm. and it all sort of worked. We're, we're very close as a family. It all sort of – we could trust them sitting there talking in French – I understood the conversation, but not the words. Yeah, but you weren't being stitched, is what you were thinking, or you weren't, you weren't. You we, weren't we really yeah. felt comfortable mm. with them. Yeah, we, good. we 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 knew where we stood, and and this works for us. So Jean Marie's coming out, and he's actually going to be working on the car with Teddy Excellent. and Jimmy Excellent. because he wanted to experience it as well, right? Mm-hmm. So they're a family operation, a bit like Ben and I and the Rogers. Um, so it all worked together. So he's going to be actually hands-on. Jimmy's going to be a, the engineer when Teddy's driving, and Teddy's going to be the engineer in, in terms of on the radio, so they can all talk French together. Yeah. Um, we're going to give them some Vegemite toast for breakfast. We have we'll, got we have got to have fun we've got to with, have with fun Aussie with slang, or we've got to teach them oh. some Aussie slang. That's we, going to be we, gold. We stitched up Jean Marie a number of times. Go, we? go, like, oh, mate, What do you say? What do you say? I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. Um, 
And then when it comes to, uh, yeah, Macau, we're all going to leave here together on the Monday and we're all going to go Excellent. and do it together with the car that, that we already raced. So it's a pretty exciting experience. And um, He's got a grin. I'm seriously jealous. I'm, like, I was going to say, so am I. I mean, he's got a grin from ear to ear because not only is he going to the mountain, I mean, for, come back a little a little step. First, firstly, what was Spa like this year? I mean, any driver in this paddock and beyond here in Australia would give their right arm to go and race mm. that place. What was that like? It, and no words I can give here will do it justice. Uh, from even driving into the place, like it's in the most picturesque forest ever. Mm. The facilities are incredible. Mm. And it's just like, we couldn't believe it, even walking around the whole paddock. And we did five laps of the place and we're still like, this is real. Like, what, do you, what do you take erosion and how fast? Well, I think the TCR was about 240. Oh, top? Top gear 240. Um. Yes, fifth gear. So unbelievable. I'm going to be pretty honest here with yeah. my first lap through a rouge. I didn't. I had no idea what to expect. Obviously, the track walk very steep, mm-hmm. but we see steep hills at Bathurst and yes. things like that. But when you, what you don't realise is the run down to it's quite steep. Steep. Yeah. And the point at the bottom is it's quite a dip. Yeah. So when you're at 240, the g-force that pulls down is massive. So the first lap I did through it. I almost threw up because I, I genuinely almost threw up and I couldn't keep my eyes open. It was that, that's how much G-force it was pulling down and it, it just shocked me because I wasn't ready for it. What's the car do when you when you bottom like that before you start firing it up the hill again? Well, it's the weirdest feeling because you got to, and in the TCR, you got to aim for the outside fence and because the G-force, it sucks it into this rail. So you, you do what your brain says not to. And you, you aim for the outside fence, and then all of a sudden it just sucks into this groove. And it's Holy! The, it's the Counterintuitive. Totally yeah, counterintuitive. It's the weirdest feeling ever, but it was like, this is awesome. Like, <laughs> it was just... The first, like, the first practice session, every lap, I was just like, whoa! Like, this is... Like, literally just screaming, screaming. out loud. Like, this is awesome. <laughs> so, you get to do that. You've been to Portugal as well. We've got Sydney and Bathurst, which you're, you know, in your own backyard. Macau, mate. <laughs> Macau is legendary. I mean, I've spoken to bike races about it and so on. What are you going to do to prep for that? <laughs> I don't think I could ever prep enough for that. But <laughs> lots of YouTube. Yeah, lots, lots of YouTube. YouTube. Lots of simulator. Lots of, lots of everything. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's going to be pretty... Mm. But, um, but I mean, a, again, mate, another iconic thing mm. to have on the CV to say that you're going to get the chance to go and do that. I mean, what a year. Like, Portugal... Mm. Spa, mm. Bathurst, Macau. Mm. It's pretty epic. I'm, yeah. I'm very lucky. <laughs> and can we add to that something we haven't really talked about in this conversation? S5000. Mm. Have you enjoyed that? What's that been like? Absolutely. It's, just, it's there's so like when I race TCR and that, they're polar opposite race cars. Like mm. so getting my head around that open wheeler thing is, yeah. is you know, can take a bit. But those cars are just wild like they are really cool mm. they've like they're so fast and there's so much grip and so much aero i mean obviously like dad's driven a lot of wings and slicks things so he would mm. understand it a bit um but for me like even the first time i drove it i i was just like i feel so out of depth here like mm. <laughs> this thing this car's on top of me but um yeah as i've got to drive it more and more i mean we got podium at gold coast and driving around gold coast was wild mm. But um, and the Grand Prix and things like that, the S five thousands are really cool cars, mm. and it, it, it'd be good if we had full grids every weekend. But um, I just think they're really awesome race cars. 
Cool. Couple to finish here because uh, a we've had family knocking on the door of the motorhome while we've been sitting in here. You got to get you got to get to a draw. Who was knocking on the door? It was Harry. Harry. So we've uh, we've kept I him out. Sorry, our passed before as well. We've so kept, they're all here. We, I feel bad now because we've kept them out in the cold. You got a driver's <laughs> briefing to go to go to. Couple to finish here. We won't get into WPS because I don't think um, you know we need to create any issues for you for you there. Yeah, but when you when you left there and you said you went and did the mini thing and and so on um did you kind of contemplate stopping or how, how difficult was that whole sort of yeah, back end not of all really that? i mean look yeah. and i give this advice to a lot of young race car drivers i mean at the end of the day we we had to pivot pretty quick mm-hmm. <laughs> um i think it was what two or a week and a half before adelaide which we thought we were going to and uh, c- c- come back a step here sorry i'm diving in mate but but you and deb it had, it had it had been on multiple occasions around almost christmas time that you were getting <laughs> phone calls of like that that's off or we, that's not going ahead etc hadn't well, it by so- the end of it i think we'd had six christmases in a row with no job um, we, we'd sort of built a house and the contract, well, we'd committed to the whole building the house thing, um, 2007 into 2008. Mm. Uh, and then of course, um, about a month into that, the WPS closed doors. So we, we sort of just built a house and it was all happening. It was like, oh, here we go. Mm. <laughs> well, welcome to the real world. Real, so, yeah. And it was over that and then it was, um, the sprint cast closed down. We'd had uh, sponsors not paying. We'd had periods where we went from um, Kelly's obviously to the Joneses and mm. that was all through Christmas. Um, so I think it was about five or six Christmas in a row with, with no job, no deal, no sponsor, no, you know, when you all thought it was and contracts in place and then things changed. But mm. uh, Larco's was another one. We'd sort of had a deal there and I think we've already spoken about that a couple of times but you know we thought we we're going to fpr or tickford at that stage and um then it ended up being ford kept me at larco's and we that contract was all good and then at the end of january um larco rang up and said oh we're closing the doors hmm. so a week before adelaide i managed to put a deal together with craig gore we ended up in wps for a couple of seasons hmm. again a week before adelaide we all thought we're going to adelaide and then we're, we're not hmm. um so yeah, we, we and then Mini came to me and asked me to drive the Mini Challenge car at the Sandown here mm-hmm. um, as the the Uber driver or whatever it was. They said, "Look, come and do the guest drive thing." Um, and somehow, in the management of that weekend, I turned that into actually no, it was at Eastern Creek. That's right, um, or Sydney Motorsport Park. Uh, we we managed to have a few conversations and turned that into a two car team. Scott Unreal. and I raced Minis for the year. So Unreal. We ran our family business, got together. He had one, I had one. We mm. raced together and we put a bit of a budget together and we actually had a lot of fun. And I actually really enjoyed running our own team for a year. Mm. It led to the opportunity then to do with um, Delbertos and yes. Rod Nash. Um, and I drove with, with uh, uh, Tony at Bathurst. And, mm. and at Bathurst, um, yeah, we were very competitive. I think I was just before qualifying, I was third quickest or something. And and then during the course of the day, I, I think I had a really good battle with uh, Jace Richards. Mm. Uh, I think we were battling for fourth or fifth or something and he couldn't get past. And um, Monday morning, um, yeah, Tim Miles rang and said, hey, how about you come and talk to us? So that led to go to Sprint Gas the next year, which that lasted a year and, and closed the doors. And then we went to Kelly's and that closed, you know, that, that changed and then the sponsor left and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Mm. So, and then we ended up Brad Jones's. So, yeah, it was a bit of a, a crazy period for about five or six years there. And I think we had three teams in a row that closed the doors at Christmas when we thought we had contracts. But but it never, well, I mean, certainly based on, on the person sitting in front of me now here for this interview, it doesn't, it, it didn't stall you. It didn't didn't dampen your, your passion, your enthusiasm for it, etc. I'm sure it was tough 
at times, but I mean, you're still here. You still. It, it, it certainly waned Deb's passion Did for it? motorsport. No, I'll I'll bet. Can assure I'll you. Bet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she, her passion for the sport disappeared very quickly. quickly. But, um, yeah. yeah, look, at the end of the day, you've just got to do what you've got to do, don't you? It's mm. like any business. Mm. We focus on it. We've had some bad periods. We just get up, we dust ourselves off, mm. we go again. And, and that resilience is probably what got me through my career. Um, and it led to different opportunities. And then I went and raced New Zealand for seven or eight seasons or something. And we ended up winning two New Zealand touring car championships and, and doing lots of bits and pieces. And then got the invite to come back and do mm. the DSO role. At they, they, were, they, so. were cool, they were cool cars, mate, in NZ, oh, weren't uh, they? Yeah. V8 uh, Camry. It was just amazing mm. to win in that. And then a Commodore as well. And, yeah, so it was, it was really good. The DSO thing, just how do, you, how do you frame that now with a benefit of time? Because as one of the early people coming into that role, I often say to people it, it is a... A thankless, very difficult role. Um, we're very fortunate to have people that have current race experience that have come along to, to do it at times, but um, uh, probably exacerbated more now by social media than, than anything else. Maybe it wasn't so bad uh, or as bad. You know, you didn't do. I don't think you did socials back then, anyway. So you well, probably I wouldn't. Do, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't yeah. do. I don't do social media stuff. I just don't get dragged into a, it. He is an influencer, mate, isn't he? Yeah. I, I'm a major influencer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, I understand the benefit of it, socials and why people do it and all that mm. sort of thing. I just don't, I just don't get involved in it because I, you know, I can see two sides of that. Yes. Um, and during that period, Deb said to me, "Just don't look at any of the social media stuff because if you did, yeah, yeah, yeah." yeah. <laughs> and at the end of the day, it didn't bother me because I, look, it's, I know what I was there for. Mm-hmm. I understood from day one what the agenda was. Mm-hmm. I understood what I liked and didn't like when I was driving. Mm-hmm. So I made sure that. I was true and honest about what we did from race one of the season to the last race of the season. Mm. Um, and, and we were consistent. And whilst the, the, the people at home and the keyboard warriors have a different view on everything, mm. um, I respect that. that they, they've got their own opinions. They're watching it. But they don't understand the consistency in the process. So mm. the process is how we applied it. Um, yes, it's a thankless job because you're either having an argument with Roland Dane um, fighting on one side and then... Or, or, or a different, you know, Tim Edwards walks in and wants to kill you as well because mm. you're arguing about the two sides of the, the argument. I'm sitting in the middle. So whatever decision is made, um, there's Someone's always... going to be unhappy. There's yeah, always yeah. an unhappy mm. party, mm. Um, you know, and... and but, but I tried to stay true to what we, we did, and I did it for three years, really enjoyed it. Mm. Um, I think I probably had got to my time and and moved on. I mean, I was in a slightly different role to what Berto was now. He's mm. just DSO. I was DSO and IPO, so... Mm. I was doing everything from not just driving, but you know, if a team had made a mistake with a rule or any of that sort of stuff, I was involved in all that too. So that was quite challenging. But yeah, it was good for three years. But business was just taking off, and I had too much going on, and it was just too hard to keep travelling all the time. So, was there learnings from your time in motor racing that crossed over to business, and then maybe even vice versa? Oh, 100%. That resilience. I mean, I, I, look, I take a lot of my business um, advice, I guess, or, or look at what people like Gary Rogers do and go, right, what would he do in this situation, you know? Mm. But certainly that resilience, that understanding, that 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 priority and how you apply yourself in business, motorsport's very similar. In fact, the competitive environment of motorsport is so tough that business um, is very similar in that way. So, mm. yeah, definitely those learnings have applied and... And hopefully we get business right as well. So it means we can move on to the next level. Beautiful. To finish, the car for you in your career. And is there a little resto project that I maybe don't know about that you're either doing or would like to do? Oh, well, the, 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 well, we did have a resto project. but we Why are you up... smiling? What Did he start something and not finish it or something? What did he do? <laughs> he, he bought an old Formula 2 car. How good? 
Oh, so much passion, excitement, everything. I reckon he took the body off it, <laughs> sat in the shed for 18 months, and now it's out the shed. What's the car? What's the car? Well, it was, I recently sold it because we... Um, I just I don't have the time. Like Tough, it's a, yeah. it was it was the old uh, Rowan Onslow Gold Star. Oh, fantastic! Championship winning AM Rolt RT30. So it was a former two car Golf engine. I found it under a bloke's house. Got it out, cleaned it all up. We started pulling apart. I started looking at the parts, and I'm like, oh, I just don't have time for this. <laughs> um, so the intention was good. Oh, the, the intention, intention was, was good. Great. <laughs> and every time I walk in the shed, there'd be something else going on. We and then we ended up with a couple of XLs going as well during COVID. We uh, we had four race cars in the shed at one stage. It's like, what's going on here? Yeah. Stacked on top. Oh, we had them. We had them stuffed in the back corner, and it's like, no, nah, right. I've got to clean this out. So um, that project uh, is getting done. Ah. not by me. Okay. Um, but you'll you'll keep, you'll keep it, or someone else has got. No, that, uh, I've uh, actually done a deal where the thing's getting done, but I'm going to drive it when it gets restored. Fantastic. So then, um, yeah, eventually it might take another couple of years, but yeah, there's a lot of work, a lot of work Working in that. And I just don't have the time. time. Um, Is it the 2000 Bathurst winner that you kind of sleep and dream of? Is it what, what's the what's the one? I don't know. I'm not. Or, or are you not attached to them? Sometimes people. No, I don't. I don't yeah. really. Get, I mean, this. The problem is every time you drive a race car. The first Formula V that I drove was fantastic. Hmm. The second one was better. <laughs> the third one, you know, and then you get to a Formula Ford, and that's it. And then the Formula Holden and the supercar, and every supercar got better than the last one. Hmm. So to become attached with a car, I've seen some of my cars, and, and, and now I'm obviously classic age. Some of my cars are getting restored, and people bring them out. Oh, come and have a look at this. But, I mean, I, as a kid, there was a twin cam escort. In our shed at home, oh, I cool. remember that it worked Mark, Mark on. Mark two, Mark one. What, what are Mark we talking? One, Mark, Mark one, Mark one, twin cam escort. Um, there was XU one Tiranas and those sorts of things in our shed at home. I've always got to be a soft spot for those things. And one day, if I could find the the time, I might you know, see if we can do something there. And that's where you might see me pull a bit of a helmet on, but it might be at an historic meeting somewhere and have a bit of fun. I love the fact that you've never said I'm stopping. That you still want to do that from time to time when the situation is right. So I'm I'm glad that you're doing that. Um, You've got to go to a driver's briefing, so we'll, we'll wrap this up. Thank you very much for, for chatting with us. There's lots more I know that we could, we could cover. Go well with the pursuit of the international thing. I, I think you're to be absolutely admired for having a crack at that because it, it becomes difficult for a lot of young racers and, and sometimes doors don't open or people um, perhaps run out of, out of the steam, if you will, to, to chase that. Chase it hard, mate. Go and, go and give it your best, and we hope you enjoy the, the back end of the year. And thank you for a little walk down memory lane too, Jase. There's some great fun that we've had along the way there and cool things we've got to walk, experience. isn't it? Long <laughs> <laughs> Never ends. But, no, you are right, and I think right now I have a massive fire inside me for this TCR thing, so I'm going to chase it as hard as I can and see what comes out of it. Good stuff. Great to chat with you, boys. Thank you very, very Thanks, much. Thanks, Rusty's Garage is written and presented by me, Greg Rust. Series editor and producer is Thomas Dullard. Audio production by Link Kelly. If you've got a guest suggestion, get in touch with me via social media. The Garage, that's where a journey begins with a tank full of passion-fuelled stories. Stories.